0: Patrick Ruby Hi everybody welcome to another episode of Ruby's room this is the podcast where you get an in-depth look at your favorite content creators and this time we have the wonderful Tuf joining me hi Hey, thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for staying up late to talk to us today. For people who may not know you, who is TOF? What is TOF all about?
1: Uh oh, that's like a loaded question. But um <laughs> Yeah, my name is Toph. I uh, I'm an LGBT streamer. I stream straight out of Tokyo, Japan. I've been living in Japan for six years now, but I'm originally from New York. Um you can really expect a lot of rpgs and otaku weeby stuff so if you're a big nerd who loves japan well hi yeah how are you <laughs> <laughs> the, the
0: the place to go the hub <laughs> um thank you so much again for being here uh we want to go back in in time that's usually uh, what i like to do at the beginning of these interviews to kind of get an origin story of sorts Um, so uh, let's go back to baby Tof and what inspired him, uh, growing up and all the things that you, uh, enjoyed growing up that led you into content creator, uh, into being a content creator, excuse me.
1: Ah, what got me into content creating?
0: Uh, and just in general, what inspired you growing up and, and stuff like that.
1: Okay. I mean, like growing up, I guess I, I had a pretty not good childhood i had a pretty uh uh not the greatest upbringing and i think a lot of that led to this is like i'm like (laughs) this is not a positive story um but yeah i just i just i had a pretty rough childhood and i i was really i kept to myself a lot and i i i really had like my safe space which involved a lot of video games and escapism through anime and stuff like that so i think that's kind of what uh Kind of started my my path down this weeby life of mine
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then uh in high school i came to japan for the first time i, I was really lucky i got accepted to a, a government program a student ambassador program i came to japan i fell in love with it i decided to study japanese and education in college i studied abroad again in college came back to japan permanently um, after I graduated to teach English, which is what I'm currently doing now, and when I came to Japan, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of uh, J vloggers, they call it, people who live in Japan and and blog content um, of their lives here, and it really that really inspired me to start getting into content creating because I knew that I wanted to have some kind of documentation or or just something to show my parents and friends back home. So I decided to start vlogging, um, and actually I was doing vlogging for about. Four years before i started on twitch uh twitch was something i found kind of later on um but yeah on youtube i was just doing stuff about my life in japan it wasn't even really like gaming stuff at all
0: nice um so that's oh my god you you are so good at interviews because you already covered two of my questions back to back i was gonna (laughs) ask like how your content began and how it is now obviously we all know like you you do gaming and you do uh, more of the Twitch side of things now. So um uh and by the way, love love the story because I feel like so many of us uh can relate to having video games and anime and like TV shows and music as ways to escape horrible things that happen in our lives and things that uh aren't maybe the most positive and that a lot of people don't really talk about too much. So uh thanks for sharing a little bit a little bit of that with us. Um, so, what made you go from vlogging to your current situation where you're doing gaming and you're doing, uh, Twitch streaming? <laughs>
1: I, I feel like, I, I haven't seen your other interviews, so I don't know how, like, how, like, what, what they were like, but, like, I'm just letting you know, a lot of my answers are going to involve, like, very negative things.
0: Don't, so. no, do not worry about um, <laughs> that. We get all the tea here. As, lo- as Just talk about whatever you feel comfortable talking about. There's no specific vibe to this show. So, you know, just go as deep as you want. Well, <laughs> I
1: guess, without going into things too deeply, um, like, again, I, I've been a gamer for a long time. So, like, even when I was vlogging on, on YouTube, um, I was still doing you know, some content, like I, I would go to the Pokemon Center because I really like Pokemon. So I go to the Pokemon Center, I go to like the special Pokemon pop-up cafes, other like Sailor Moon pop-up cafes, like any kind of like anime video game stuff I would still try to do, but it was still vlog style. But what I can say is that, and I'm sure this is not uh, only in Japan, but I think on YouTube, there's a sense of disgust Discord, and which is funny because we're on discord right now uh-huh. so there there is a bit of there is a bit of discord in the youtube community and it's not as it's not as friendly mm-hmm. and uh community oriented as twitch is as far as i know and, and what i've experienced with it uh it's a lot of competitive and uh competition and competitiveness and um there was a lot of drama and i and also and i'm sure you know this being an lgbt person <clears throat> while we might not face a lot of well, comparatively, we might not face a lot of discrimination here on Twitch. Um, on YouTube, it's like, it didn't really matter what I was vlogging about. It could be something completely unrelated to anything LGBT. I I didn't even mention in the video that I was gay and I would still get people telling me to kill yourself and like blah, 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 you know, like all those things. And it just got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why, why am I putting so much effort into YouTube, which is, which in a way is a lot more effort than Twitch because you not only have to film videos, but you have to edit them, which takes hours. Cause right. like, why am I putting all this effort into YouTube when it's like nothing but drama on the personal side? It's nothing but hate comments on the um, like public side. And it just, it, I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling anymore. And then I discovered Twitch um, through some amazing streamers. And I just decided like, you know what, like I'm playing games all the time by myself anyway. I might as well make it a social thing. Let me try this out. I have no idea what, what it's going to turn into. And um, I I say this all the time, but starting on Twitch was literally one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my entire life.
0: Yes, same actually. Uh, I, I I started as well on YouTube. Uh, and uh, I can not say that I had a lot of... Um, a lot of negativity in the comments because for me it was more of like I don't I didn't really get much in the comments you know like nothing was really happening I, I felt like some sort of disconnection because um it's different when you're doing something that's pre-recorded versus like Twitch when you're doing everything live and things just happen and you get that immediate interaction with people so for me it it since the beginning was way more rewarding to do live content because you just you just got that instant like gratification and that instant connection with people well with youtube a lot of people watch stuff and they sometimes tweet at you being like hey i watched that video but they not not everybody takes the time to leave a comment and to engage with you in that way um i can definitely agree with the drama and with the competitiveness side on 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 youtube for sure it's it it seems like as the the years had gone by when I was doing YouTube more often, it things were getting more and more dramatic, and it it felt like it, it was very like tight knit groups, and people were very clicky and stuff like that, which obviously happens everywhere. But um, on Twitch, I don't feel like it's that intense. Maybe it's because like the LGBT community is super open on Twitch, so like being a part of that, it's like it feels like everybody just sort of wants to help each other out. I'm sure there's a few bad apples here and there, um, but I've definitely had a, a way better time since I started streaming on Twitch, just, like, community-wise. Um, but what are some things that you... Obviously, because you had been doing content for a while, what are some things that you've learned on YouTube that actually helped you out on, on Twitch?
1: Um... I think maybe the most obvious is that like, when you're filming for Twitch, I mean for YouTube, sorry. When you're filming on YouTube, um, whether it be vlog style like out and about or or sitting down and doing like a sit down vlog style video, um, it's not like Twitch. Um, When you're on Twitch, it's like, yeah, you are talking to a camera, but there are people in real time who are watching you and responding to like what you're saying. So it turns into this real conversation, even if it feels initially that you're just talking to your computer. But on YouTube, you truly are just talking to a camera. You're not talking to anyone. Yep. And it can be really awkward in the beginning. Um, especially if you start doing like vlogging out indoor, like outdoors. I used to go into like Shibuya and like different areas in Tokyo, and I would like vlog myself and oh my God. people would stare at, like literally be staring at me, being like, <laughs> Who who is this person? Like they see me talking to a camera, it's not like I'm crazy talking to myself, but they're like, Who is this person? So I think when I started on Twitch. And like I, I I notice this and I've heard it, but I but I notice it more than I hear it. Like sometimes I'll I'll like watch people and like I'm a serial lurker on Twitch, so like a lot of the times I don't talk. Same. But sometimes <laughs> I'll like watch, like I'll watch new content creators and I notice that like when no one is talking in their chat, which like when you start on Twitch, no one is gonna be talking. Yeah. For the for the most part. So it's like you really have to be good at talking to yourself and just talking. And I think being on YouTube first for so many years and just learning to talk to a camera and kind of talking to myself, I think that was a really um, indispensable skill going into Twitch um, in the beginning when I didn't have a lot of people talking,
0: you know? Right. I, I totally I totally agree. That's something that um, I was really happy when I started streaming that I had that because there's no feeling. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand. There's no feeling that, like, that first those first few, like, I guess, weeks where you're recording content for, like, YouTube, where it's like, you're just sitting by yourself in front of a camera and you're like, first of all, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, and this is awkward because nobody is here to tell me anything, at least with Twitch, even the people who are starting and they have that awkwardness to them because they're technically in their room. Every once in a while, there will be like one soul in their chat when they're starting that will say something to them. Right. But with YouTube, yeah, it's like yeah. you're literally having to like do a like a, a five to ten minute video by yourself. And you have to be entertaining the whole time or at least like, you know, the moments where you have to edit it out. For me, actually, one of the biggest things that were was like a shock to me was like when I was doing YouTube, I, I would know that when I would do, record by myself, I would know when I was doing gaming, certain parts weren't as interesting. So I would shut up and I would like preserve my energy. For, and then a few mm. minutes later, I would be like, okay, this is a more interesting part. Let me do commentary. And I would edit it out. But with Twitch, there is no editing out because everything is live. So I had to learn how to maintain that energy from like minute one to like hour five.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I talk too much. Honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I gotta, I gotta keep talking. Cause I don't want to like, I don't want any dead air and then uh, and then I realize like watching other people because like like I said I watch so many other people you know I watch other people of all different channel sizes and like I just enjoy hearing them talk but then I noticed that there's a lot of times where they just don't talk and they just enjoy the game and I'm like that's something I definitely don't do I just talk (laughs) and talk and talk and talk and talk
0: because I'm so afraid of dead air you know me yeah i totally get it i totally get it like sometimes um there's a there's a lot of people that when they're playing a game and they have uh it's like a, a jrpg and there's cutscenes, people will like shut up during the cutscenes and they will not say a thing and they will just enjoy the cutscenes. and i'm like the worst at that i'm like i always have to like make a joke about what they're saying i have to like i don't know I, like for me it's always like well you're enjoying a game with sassy commentary like Throughout the whole thing, like there's no stopping me. I will just not <laughs> shut up the whole time. So I'm glad that I like there's someone I can relate with here. <laughs> okay, like don't don't feel bad about it. Um. So um. The, uh. One one thing that I that I actually and I feel like there's a lot of people that can relate with me on that. Um. A lot of people that enjoy video games and they enjoy anime and stuff like that they always have that pipe dream of like i want to go to japan i would love to go to japan and um obviously you're doing it so i feel like in a way that's how you attract a lot of people because they're like Ooh, i wonder what it's like and this person's actually living my like dream of like going to japan so um how did you make that decision from dreaming about going to japan to actually making it a reality
1: well to be fair like the first time that i ever came to japan i it was never really like a dream like when i was a kid i just i just liked anime i was just i was just a freaking otaku and i just liked i just liked anime and video games and um like i mentioned earlier i got accepted into a government program Uh, i was a student ambassador program and by sheer coincidence and maybe this was just predetermined maybe this was just like destined but uh this program um there are they do many trips every year um and you don't get to decide like which trip you are selected for because i actually didn't sign up for the program uh someone uh anonymously suggested me to the program and i still to this day don't know who it is um it it could have been a teacher it could have been like a family member or like a community member i have no idea but just by sheer coincidence, the summer that I was accepted to go was Japan. Um,
0: so that's crazy. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I said, <laughs> it, it
1: was like it was it was really destined to be. So um, of course I wanted to go at that time because I was just a big weave, and my mom made it happen. Like she she saved up money, she did fundraising to get me to go on this trip, and um, I really fell in love with Japan. That, that first time going to Japan, it was like I. It, I say, I jokingly say that I'm still a weeb to this day, but I truly feel that after I went to Japan the first time in high school, I kind of shed that whole like weeaboo, otaku thing. And I started to realize that Japan is so much more than just anime and video games. So I like, I like to joke about it and be like, yeah, I'm a big weeb, but like, I do truly love Japan for more than just its pop culture. Um, so yeah, after that, I, I went to college and I decided to minor in Japanese. Uh, I knew that I wanted to study abroad for a year, because I wanted to see what it would be like to live in Japan, because my first trip for that ambassador program was only like three weeks. So I was like, let me see, you know, let me see what it's like to live in Japan, even though it's just going to be in a dormitory. And then I went, it was awesome. I, I fell in love with Japan even more. And then I decided after that, that I wanted to live in Japan after I graduated. But I never really had a set idea of how long I would stay here. And here I am six years later, and I'm still here and i still don't know how long i plan on staying here i could stay here for the rest of my life i have no idea i'm just kind of playing it by ear
0: that's awesome though like that that's super cool i feel like that that that's a thing that a lot of people have this uh that idea that japan is all about like the video games and all about the anime like sometimes people forget that's like no it's it's you know it's it's a country like every other you know like (laughs) they have many facets to them it's not just the things that I guess they're w- very well known for. Um, so moving to Japan, obviously um, there's a lot of um, cultural differences. What would you say was like the biggest culture shock for you? Like something that you were like, oh, this, we don't do that here. Or, oh, we that's how they do this? Like something that was for, I guess a little bit shocking to you at first.
1: Hmm. It's been so long since I like my first time so I don't try to remember like all those years ago it was like over 10 years ago my first time here so I'm trying to think what shocked me I do remember one of the things that shocked me and it's not even like a super big thing is that when you sneeze in Japan nobody says bless you oh. which is like obviously because like the reason we say bless you in the first place is because you know it dates back to like the black plague like oh. if anyone, if every, if anyone even sneezed or like was sick at all, people were like, "Bless you," because we have no like medical knowledge, so you're probably <laughs> gonna die in like a week. So like it's such an it's such an outdated term. So and it's it's a very Western term as well. Mm-hmm. So it it was so hard for me to like whenever I now it's okay, but it took years. Um, even after moving here permanently, like you just hear people sneeze, and your your instinct is to just say, "Bless you,"
0: right. And there's like no reaction. <laughs> People don't like No, they're just like, what did you just say? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's 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 cool that like it's sometimes it's little things like that that you're like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Um is there is there something that um I guess not something, but what 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 is the most uh what is the thing that you miss the most about home when you're when you're in japan like just like it could be like a small thing i know some people when they live um in a different country they're like oh i miss this specific food or this specific snack is is that the same with you or is it is it more than that (laughs) yeah
1: no it's like it's only not only but it's mostly food i i miss a lot I, i miss a lot of american food i mean i know american food a lot of it is like it's like as far as American food is concerned, it's all taken from other countries anyway. so like there's there's not truly like American food. Mm-hmm. but there is there is a plethora of American snacks and cereal, I miss cereal so much. <laughs> like Japan Japan has like five types of cereal, and that's it. It has like cornflakes. Wow. It has cornflakes, frosted cornflakes, chocolate cornflakes. And then, like, lots of, uh, like, granola type of cereal. But there's no, like, sweet cereal. There's no, like, Lucky Charms or, like, so sweet it'll rot your teeth. Like, I miss that.
0: <laughs> I mean, America is the land of, of sugar. so <laughs> I know. And I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, honestly, I I, I love sugary things and salty things and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, but to reverse the question, when you, I guess when you're not in Japan, what is the the thing that you miss the most about it?
1: It's either convenience or safety. Oh. Because Japan is a very convenient country. Everything is built around convenience. I think the way... Um, like their their trains are always like well not always on time but like the trains run super regularly and if they are late you're you're notified of it and like same thing with all the transportation really and um, compared to New York because I'm from New York like New York City trains are awful <laughs> um, <laughs> and also compared to New York as much as I love New York City like you know I'm ride or die like New York City like I have I have a lot of pride in in my in my state. Um but New York is not a safe place. It's not the safest place. Like you're not gonna get mugged anytime you go there, but there's there's a high, you know, there's a higher chance of of getting mugged or like uh, physical assault, especially as an LGBT person. Mm-hmm. There's more chance of like assault and, and things like that, that that are gonna happen in New York and America in general, but Japan is like a very safe country because guns are outlawed here, so there's no there's no gun violence. Um, also drugs are like very illegal here. Uh, so there's like no drugs. Um, and just in general, Japanese people aren't like very aggressive or confrontational people. It's like, uh, I mean, speaking in regards to L- being LGBT is like, there, there are definitely opinions that Japanese people have about LGBT people and, um, they're not always positive. But the, the thing that you, that I can say kind of confidently is that you will probably, like 99.9%, you will never get physically or verbally assaulted for being gay in Japan. Because even if people feel a certain way, Japanese people don't act on it. They, they they keep it inside. That's just the way that they are.
0: That is interesting. And I wish more people were like that because we don't have to agree on everything in life, you know what I mean? But they it, it seems that they're like, you know what, I don't agree. I, I hate this, I hate this, like quote from people who are against lgbt but i'm gonna say it just for the sake of conversation they usually are like i don't agree with your lifestyle but they don't mm. but they don't say but at least they mind their own business you know what i mean yeah,
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> at yeah. least
0: at least they do that um i was actually uh gonna ask you uh what has been your experience uh being lgbt in japan because obviously there's this um, idea that uh, Asian countries are super like strict about that, and they're super uh, conservative in a lot of senses. Um, so, ha- what has your experience been like? I know you touched a little bit on it um, early, but um,
1: yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what I can say and what I should say first is that as a foreigner, I can't I can't accurately speak for what LGBT people face in Japan. Because although I am LGBT and although I do live in Japan, as a foreigner, I get a free pass for a lot of things. I have heard this and I know other uh, foreigners who have also heard this. Uh, Japanese people have a way of thinking of like, well, you know, being gay is okay where you're from. So I'm okay with it because you're a foreigner. Oh, interesting. Or like... Or like if you if like if I ask my Japanese friends like oh do you have any like gay Japanese friends and they're like no I know gay foreigners but there aren't a lot of gay people in Japan but it's oh. like no no there there are a lot of gay people in Japan you just don't know it because yeah. they don't tell you right Damn. so like that's just the way that's just the way that like Japanese people I think like they don't realize how close like LGBT people are to them mm-hmm. because there is no legal protection here for. Um, gay people or or trans people or um, anyone who falls under LGBTQIA plus is like, um, you can get fired from your jobs. Uh, Marriage is not legalized in Japan. So um, in a lot of places, you can't uh, visit your sick, like if your husband or wife was sick in the hospital, you wouldn't have a right to go see them because you're not family. Mm and you can get fired from it. You don't get uh, any like uh, legal benefits because you can't, you know, you can't declare yourself as a legally married couple. So um, a lot of people in Japan don't come out of the closet because they're so afraid of being shunned. They're not afraid of being physically assaulted, like might be the case in America sometimes. They're just afraid of being shunned uh, from society, from like mm-hmm. um, from their jobs and their family. Uh, for ex, for example, like uh, my I mean, I'm currently dating uh, someone who's Japanese, my partner is Japanese, and I've had other Japanese partners who have had uh, very similar experiences, but uh, me and my partner have been dating for uh, about two and a half years now. And to this day, his parents don't even know that he's dating me. They don't even know that he's dating anyone. Um, I've never met his friends. His friends don't know that, his friends don't know that he identifies as LGBT. His parents don't know that he, he identifies as LGBT. Nobody does. I've never met his friends. I've never met his family. They don't even know that I exist. Wow. Um and that's been the case for other relationships I've been in as well. And it's crazy because I've li- I've you know, we've been dating for two and a half years and I'm basically a non entity in his life. Right. But that's just the reality for some, you know, some LGBT people in Japan. That's just the reality. And it's not my place to tell him like you need to come out or you need to do this and this and yeah. this because part of being in an international relationship um or yeah multicultural relationship is you know you have to make sacrifices and you have to understand that there are just some things that that you can't change and you you shouldn't force someone to do um yeah exactly
0: Yeah, that's 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 definitely that was definitely enlightening. Obviously, I had an idea of um, of what it's like to be LGBT in in Japan and other Asian places because uh, I've seen um, from from Asian people being on Drag Race, you could definitely see fandoms attaching to them, and they get to tell their stories, and they get to. Um, to, to tell a little bit of their experience so it's it's really nice that we got a little glimpse of it as well here um in the interview but hopefully as more places in Asia start being more open to stuff like that like we had recently um marriage um got legalized um, in Taiwan I think I think they were yeah. the, the first yeah. yeah. So hopefully as that is happening, more places will become a little bit more accepting and uh, laws will change and stuff like that. Yes, let's keep our fingers crossed, please. No. <laughs> because it's, you know, it's it's very unfortunate. And um, as as society, I feel like um, I think we're heading that direction, but obviously it takes more time in some places than others. So um yeah. we just we just got to keep being patient and um and and being respectful of that as well because um i i do think it's harmful sometimes uh when especially westerners do this where they have this thing of like come out leave your truth and all that stuff and but it's not doable for everybody and it's not safe yeah. for everybody to do that and um I, a lot of the times i feel like I don't know if I, as a, as an LGBT person, I just wish that wasn't even necessary. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to tell everybody who I want to sleep with? It's none of their business. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah exactly. It's not that I'm ashamed of it. It's not that I'm not proud of it. It's more of like um, I don't see. I I didn't see my straight brother having to do a coming out party, being like, "Hey, I'm gonna date girls," because you know that that was what it was expected of him, right? So it's like. Why would I have to be like, have this whole announcement and this whole thing, even though I did come out to my parents. um, But um, yeah, I I just feel like that, I guess, conversation is not as clear cut as people would like it to be. Obviously, be yourself as much as you can, but it's not doable for everybody. And you especially. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead.
1: It's dangerous. It's dangerous to give that. I think one of the most dangerous pieces of advice you can give is just come out. Yeah, it'll be fine. Cause just because it was fine for you doesn't mean it's gonna be fine for someone else.
0: Absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, do you? Um, I guess you you said you don't know how long you're gonna be in in uh, in Japan for. But uh, when you when you picture like your ideal future, do you see it in Japan? Do you see it uh, back home in in the U.S.? Do you see it somewhere else? Hmm.
1: I honestly don't know. It's hard. It's something that I think about a lot there. There's been a couple of times where I honestly thought I was ready to leave and then I decided to stay and and then just more time passed. But um, I'm kind of playing it by year. And also, you know, I have my dog. I have my dog here. I I brought him all the way here from America. Um, I'm in a committed relationship. So there's a lot more factors to, you know, my potential future here it's not like at this point compared to the other times that I felt like, ah, oh, you know, F it, I'm just going to go home. i <laughs> like, I'm right. done with it here. At this point, I have more of a a foundation and I have things, you know, kind of keeping me here. So I can't really make a decision like that. It's it, it really, it, it, I really just have to play it by ear because it's not like I can, you know, be like, all right, I'm done next month. We're going back to America. Cause it's going to be a long process to bring cookie home. Right. And you know, as long as my relationship continues to go the way that it's going um it's hard to say because you know my partner doesn't really speak english super well so um i don't know how plausible it is for him to come back to america with me
0: right (laughs) like
1: it 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 makes more sense for me to live in japan being able to speak japanese um even though my japanese is not perfect it's better than his english
0: right yeah that makes sense um as you've mentioned obviously uh you have um your teaching job and you also are a live streamer so um how do you balance the two worlds in a way
1: good question (laughs) i'll I'll get back to you when i know that answer oh (laughs) (laughs) well fair enough i'm just i'm just just pushing myself honestly like uh, i mean it's kind of like a a bit of a running joke with certain people in my community because literally every day I stream, it's usually after getting home from work. Like I, I get home from work around seven thirty and then I stream from like eight thirty or nine. So usually when I started my stream I'm always like, I'm sorry that I look so tired. And oh, I, yeah. I honestly I almost said it to you too because I worked all day today. So I was like I wanted to be like, I'm sorry that I look so tired for this interview and like look oh, so yeah. like unshowered and tired. Like but it's the truth. <laughs> And like people in my community are like, you're always tired. I'm like, Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, I am always tired. But like if you if you love something and you're really passionate about it, regardless of whether you have to push yourself or not, like you'll you'll do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm pushing myself to the point where I'm getting no sleep. Um, luckily my work schedule kind of works well for streaming. Um as far as like my, my work day starts kind of later in the afternoon. Like I don't usually go to work until about 12 in the afternoon so it's like I can stream late at night and then sleep in so it's yeah like that's my nice. schedule. kind of it kind of works out but I'm a student now too so I, I just started taking university classes online so now I'm even busier than I was before Ooh, damn
0: that must not be yeah. easy to 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 juggle all nope. three things um I got yeah I
1: got I got my job full-time I technically stream full-time because I stream more than 20 hours a week i have my classes now i have my boyfriend i have my dog i have youtube as well on top of that i have my friendships like literally i have no time to breathe
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah honestly that 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 is that is quite packed that is quite packed um i love it i love it so it's okay yeah um but um Now that we're mentioning all of the things you have going on, I should mention that you also have a Twitch team that is very recent that you launched and you're Mm -hmm. the founder of. Do you want to talk a little bit about the process of putting it together and uh, how you chose the members, all of that stuff?
1: I mean, it was really easy. I mean, now, like, actually, now that I started the stream team, I realized how, for the most part, I mean, the process is pretty easy. All you have to do is contact Twitch and be like, hey, this is the name I want. Can you make me a team page? And like they'll do it for you. <laughs> um so like that part is easy. Um deciding the name took a bit. So I like as was just stated, I am the founder of Team Isekai. Uh isekai is a Japanese word that means like parallel dimension or other world basically. Um, if you've seen, if you guys like watch anime, um like sword art online or any of those anime where like the characters go into a video game world and like live in it and go on adventures in it like that's considered an isekai anime basically anything oh. that takes place in another world so i wanted to pick a name that was japanese but would be a commonly known word amongst like otaku so i was like oh isekai is perfect especially because like we play we all play jrpgs everyone on the team is like jrpgs lots of nerdy stuff and um we all live in Japan. That's, that's kind of like what the reason I decided to create this team is. I wanted to create a team for people who lived in Japan, both Japanese and non-Japanese, because um, as anyone who lives outside of America and Europe knows, there aren't a lot of opportunities for Twitch streamers in Asia. There, there's no TwitchCon. There's no like support here. There's no like special events. They, a lot of sponsors like, like, any American sponsors or European sponsors that like, you see all these streamers getting, even if you're like a big streamer in Japan, chances are the sponsors don't care about you because you're not their demographic. Even if you're not Japanese, like even if I'm American, all my community is American, they're like, oh no, you live in Japan. So like, I wanted to just create a team for people to create opportunities for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, if you feel like you're not getting those opportunities, then you really need to take it upon yourself and just create those opportunities for yourself. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to create a team um, that could support it, you know, support each other. Maybe in the future we can do our own events. I want to do like charity team events, like uh, co-streams, of course. Like I just have all these ideas. Um, right now there's only seven members, including myself. Actually, only six channels, but one of them is a couple. So there are seven of us. Um, uh, half of our members are actually half Japanese, half Japanese, full Japanese, and then the other half is just foreigners. Um, so it's got a nice mix. Uh, some of us speak Japanese fluently, some of us speak it intermediately, some of it some of us beginner. So there's a you know, there's a good mix in there. But all of these people that I invited were people that I supported and watched and knew in real life, or um I knew them through Twitch and they also supported me. So like I, I didn't want to create a team in which like when they joined the team, it was just kind of this awkward like, oh, we don't really know each other, like <laughs> what do we do kind of thing? Like some members maybe didn't know it some members didn't know each other but um for the most part all of us knew each other so it was like we we actually had our first meet up in person uh this past weekend and it was just so natural it just like everyone just got along i hadn't laughed that long in so long like everyone just everyone just got along it just was like it just worked out so well so
0: that's that's really nice. That's what that's ideally what everybody would want on for a stream team. Like people you can enjoy yourself with, have a good time in. And I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I feel like Twitch is only recently starting to notice um, Asian streamers and people that live in Asian territories. Um, I know they're they've been doing or they started doing. I think this month uh, they had uh, they featured Asian streamers on the um, the front page um but it's yeah, one of my team members
1: was on the front page for that
0: yeah and that is really cool and but i do agree like i have um obviously i'm from the dumpling tribe and my my leader is a green dumpling and he's in malaysia and he has struggled with the same things that you were talking about with brands uh, being like, oh, you, you are usually within like the, you know, you have the numbers of that usually we work with, but you're in Malaysia. So sorry about that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we definitely as a community, um, I guess I, I, I would hope and wish that uh, everybody would get more of those opportunities uh, because it's not fair that um, only like American or European streamers get those opportunities. Um, because there's so many amazing talent all around the world and the fact that only some of it gets recognized or only some of it gets praised or sponsored or whatever uh, is not fair and it's not um you know I just I just don't like that it's it's so unfair like looking at someone so talented or so entertaining and all of those things and you're like why are everybody's like why aren't you working with that person and you're like well because they're not they don't want to work with me (laughs) because like you you guys are doing amazing things and unfortunately you're just not getting that uh recognition um i think
1: twitch just needs to grow more you know yeah it's still growing in in other countries like i mean there there are a lot of streamers in japan like actual japanese streamers and you know uh, twitch is growing there's definitely a lot of like viewers watching them but it's not to the point where if you mention to someone casually like oh do you know what twitch is they would yeah. be like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> so I think it still it still has some time before it truly seeps into the public conscious um in other countries. But I think it's definitely getting there. Yeah. For sure. Um so it's just really just a matter of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Fingers crossed once again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I would I would like to um, in a little bit we're gonna be getting into some uh, viewer questions so uh, we're doing we're recording this live on Twitch so if you guys want to watch these interviews live please feel free to follow me at twitch.tv slash Project Ruby um, and uh, if you're watching right now live you can do exclamation point ask and uh, ask questions uh, directly to Tof um, but before I get into that um, I want to ask you something that is uh, it's not necessarily selfish, <laughs> but it's it's something that I I definitely um, I I'm struggling with, and uh, I see you're like doing a good job at it, which is variety streaming. You mentioned earlier that you uh, you play a lot of different games, and you um, and you play. Um, you're you're not a streamer that basically plays the same game every time, and that's usually what people. Um, that's usually what people say is the best way to grow, or whatever it might be. And uh, that has been something that I've been criticized for, quote unquote, by people when I ask them like, oh, what should I do uh, to grow my stream and stuff like that? They're usually like, oh, just pick one category and stick with it. And I'm like, well, I don't like that. (laughs) I get bored. So what's your advice for people who are in the same boat as me and even you, but uh, they want to grow uh, their content, but they you know, they're, they just can't pick a category. They just, they they jump around and they, uh, they can't commit to one game.
1: Uh, it is really tough. Um, like I know how tough it is to be a variety streamer and like, despite being a partner streamer, like I, I mean, I'm still on my own journey and I still like very, I fluctuate a lot. Um, so I definitely know how hard it is. Um, and I, the thing about sticking with one game that I or one game or one category that I find very uh, damaging because I've gone through this before, uh, if you stick to one thing that people like, they will support you when you do that thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you ever deviate from it, they will probably like leave they'll they might come back when you start doing the thing they like again, or they might never come back if you continue to do something different. Yeah, um so, I would say one, don't fall into that pitfall. Um, If you know that you can stick to one thing and stick with it pretty much forever and never get bored with it, then all the more power to you, do it. But if you, if you're trying to stick with something because you feel like that's what you have to do, but there's a little fear in your mind that some, somewhere down the road, you're going, you're going to want to switch it up, just start doing variety from the beginning. Yep. Because you're gonna do all that work to build up this this group of people, and then as soon as you switch, you'll you might lose them all. And it and it, trust me, it's happened to me before. I started my stream uh, two years ago as an Animal Crossing streamer. I only played Animal Crossing. As soon as I stopped playing Animal Crossing, I never saw any of those people again. So like. Yep. A lot of the a lot of the people that like I had like my initial followers like a lot of those people I literally have never seen after that like after I switched they were like okay bye
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> right. and
1: that's and that's their prerogative it's, I'm not saying it like I'm angry because I think everyone has the right to view what content they want
0: yeah of course but
1: I'm I'm saying it because I think that this is a pitfall that uh, streamers really should be aware of um, don't take it personally that's another piece of advice if oh yeah <laughs> yourself, don't take it personally it's not they're not they're not like going somewhere else because you're a bad person some people when they come on twitch their goal is to talk to the streamer some people their goal on twitch is just to watch the game so if you're not playing the game they want to watch they're going to go somewhere else and it's not personal so that's the second thing don't take it personal because if you do it'll affect your your uh overall demeanor and your attitude and you're not gonna have fun anymore and the third thing i can say is um While I don't think that you should stick to one particular game, personally, if you want to go into variety, you do have to stick to a theme. Um, And that's something that I kind of just started doing at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Yes, I'm a variety streamer, but for the past couple of months, I have only done JRPGs and visual novels because those are both very otaku, anime, Japan-esque. They're very much within my brand. They're very similar to each other. Usually people who watch Dragon Quest would also be interested in watching Final Fantasy. So it's like you really, really have to um, figure out what kind of theme or genre you like and then stick to that. And there's a lot of variety available within that. But uh, yeah, doing variety, like doing like Mario and then Call of Duty and then like, you know, like animal crossing and then overwatch like if you do variety like that you will never build you will never build a a a strong community and if you do it's going to take a long time so like that's maybe that's something i learned while i was getting into my partner push is i realized during my partner push and after my partner push that if i don't stick to a theme people are just going to leave because when i was doing my partner push i was like i had such a strong Uh, community at that time and I still do but I'm just describing how it was at this time I had like over a hundred viewers consistently but then after I got partnered I made the mistake of being like oh well I'm partnered now so I can play whatever I want and it won't matter and then like a (laughs) ton of people who were with me for like six months on my partner push just left because I went from playing like Danganronpa like super Japanese visual novel to playing Bioshock 2 (laughs) right (laughs) And I and I and since then I, I started going back to visual novels and I started going back to JRPGs. So some of those people are now coming back, but I I realize like I made that mistake and that's and that's why people tell you when you, getting partnered is not the end nope. because you can still have things like that happen. Um, so yeah, that's I guess that's my advice. Kind of wordy, but
0: no, no, no that, that. that was that was great because a lot of times people um, don't know what to do and they're like, okay. Uh, I want to do variety, like you said, but there there are ways of doing variety while still having some sort of uh, consistency. So that was yeah. actually amazing advice of like having some sort of um, category that you stick with when you're like, okay, I play a variety of games within the JRPG genre or within the visual novel genre or retro or whatever it might be. Uh, so that's really good advice. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to appreciate that and um yeah just you know <laughs> just so wise <laughs> uh alrighty, let's get into the the viewer questions again if you guys have any questions exclamation point ask in the chat uh the first one is from Nyan and um they asked uh would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck <laughs>
1: Okay, first of all, I'm not going to fight a horse or a duck because they're not <laughs> aggressive creatures. Same. So the answer is neither. <laughs> why, why would I fight a duck or a horse?
0: Right? Like, they have done nothing to you, Mao. How dare you do this? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Hello? Peta? Peta? <laughs> I got, I got Peta on speed dial. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to cancel you. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Delfron asked uh what what annoys you about beifu for people who don't know beifu is tof's significant other
1: uh what doesn't annoy me no i'm just i'm just kidding kidding. (laughs) 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 um uh, well i guess maybe like the main the main thing that bothers me is that he's very bad with communicating and i hate to say this because it it is kind of like typecasty a bit but like I'm saying this from experience. I've dated uh, other Japanese guys. I've lived in Japan. I know what Japanese people are like for the most part. And like I said before, with like people hiding their feelings about LGBT people, that's just the Japanese thing to do in general. Japanese people are not confrontational. They oh. keep everything inside. So like there there were times where I feel like my boyfriend, Beifu, is not saying what he really feels. And I'm like, just say it like I'm, I'm American. I'm from like, not only am I American, but I'm from New York. I'm super confrontational. And I'm like, I I would rather you say that your true feelings to my face and, and upset me, than have me be paranoid about where we stand and how you feel. So like, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> you have to right. tell me how you feel. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely something that I could see as a problem. I'm sort of like that too, in, in a sense. Like I I'm a people pleaser, so I, I try to always like say what I think people want to hear. No, and sometimes do I'm just that. like, don't no, do <laughs> I don't, I can't do this. And sometimes I snap because of that. Like sometimes I just keep it in, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden I just explode, and people are like, "Where did that come from?" And I'm like, "Well, I guess it's my fault. I like I should have just said it to begin with." exactly exactly. yeah don't don't do that guys don't do that (laughs) um honor asked uh how do you really feel about season 11 i'm assuming this is about drag race season 11 i'm assuming how do i feel about
1: rupaul's drag race
0: um season 11
1: is good i think it was a very interesting season it was actually a lot more interesting and entertaining than i thought it was going to be um i think the judging this season was questionable. I think there were (laughs) a lot of girls that, and I was kind of talking about this with someone else before. It's like, I'm not, I wasn't like super upset because the girls who I thought were sent home at questionable moments, I didn't think they were going to make the top four. I just thought that they were going to make it farther. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I wasn't upset that they got cut off. They got cut out and didn't make it to the top four. I was just like upset. That I, I because I felt they shouldn't have gone home when they went home. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the reunion because I feel like it's gonna be messy.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: um. yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the reunion.
0: Yeah, that reunion. And I'm and I'm,
1: I'm also Team Evie, by the way. I'm Team. Yes,
0: Evie. same. I I'm so excited for the reunion and the finale. I feel like, um, excluding one of the top four. All of them are really good lip-sinkers. Uh. Uh, wow. Shame. <laughs> I mean, am I, am I wrong? I know, exactly,
1: I know exactly who you're talking about
0: today. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm just saying, you know, uh, I think it's good. No, but the reunion, be, like I've seen on social media, even girls being like, just wait for the reunion when I, they're asked certain questions. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Um, yeah. uh, Nazo asked, uh, can Tof make a pun? Is this a thing? Like, do people just ask you to do puns? <laughs> no, it's just that
1: in my community, a lot of people enjoy puns. So like, if you ever are in my chat, like, chances are you're going to see at least two or three puns throughout the stream, especially Nazo. Nazo loves puns. <laughs> um, but I'm not good at puns. Like, unless, unless it's like set up for me, I can't right. make a pun.
0: Yeah, that's that's like if true. I'm playing a video
1: game and something pops up, I'm like, oh, I can make a pun about that, but off the top of my head, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> People, I've definitely noticed. I'm not gonna lie. Like looking at my chat, I definitely noticed an up uprise of puns that usually are not present, and I I do appreciate it. I do I do like dad jokes <laughs> and puns and stuff like that. So very dad jokes. Yes. <laughs> Um, Mao asked another question, Um, uh, and I don't know what they're referring to exactly, but they're saying, please describe your perfect Sunday. I don't know if they're talking about Sunday the day, like what's your perfect, what would be a perfect Sunday as in the day or the Sunday ice cream? <laughs> so I guess feel free to oh. ask whichever... <laughs>
1: I'm assuming well how
0: was it spelled was it spelled like the ice cream or spelled like the day They spelled it like the day but some people spell okay. both the same Okay they're clarifying in the chat they're they're referring to uh, the day not the ice the cream <laughs>
1: Okay I don't think this is like a loaded question I don't think this is like it it was from anything What's my perfect Sunday um, honestly, my perfect Sunday would be something with no responsibilities. Probably, like, Beifu, wake up in the morning, Beifu's there with me, just, like, cuddle in bed all day, and then take Cookie to the dog cafe that's across the street from my house because they have, like, a dog menu and then and also food for people. So, like, me and Beifu can get a nice brunch. Cookie that's amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really convenient. It's super convenient. And then and then like maybe go to the pokemon center because i love the pokemon center play some pokemon go with beifu because he loves pokemon go and then come home and stream and then come home and stream because streaming has to be included in like perfect sunday because streaming is something that i truly enjoy doing
0: yeah honestly uh that's awesome that's awesome the, honestly like that's an amazing day just in general so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um toe asked uh what uh what's your opinion on the new batwoman trailer have you seen it i have not seen it yet i didn't
1: see it yet i didn't see it yet but i i did hear there was controversy like apparently i didn't see the trailer but i saw that there was some controversy with like straight men like straight men being like you know, this is why you don't make things political or something like. Ugh. Like maybe they were tr- they were trying to make like Batwoman like super like, like feminist or I I don't know I don't know like what they were what they were yeah. complaining about I just know that like same thing with like Wonder Woman it seemed very Wonder Woman repeat to me
0: mm, and like I mean, Captain Marvel yeah yeah mm. it was very like
1: oh, okay you're just complaining because there's another female superhero Ugh. TV movie like okay
0: yawn But I haven't seen the
1: trailer yet, but I'm sure I'm sure I will like it. I'm sure I would like it because yes. I do like comic
0: books. Um Team Freddy asked um <laughs> This is a funny question. Uh do they have pizza in Japan and if so, do you put pineapple on it? <laughs>
1: uh yes, they do have pizza in Japan. They actually have Pizza Hut and Domino's Pizza, but I will say this as a New Yorker Japanese pizza is not good. Like new york pizza is where it's at japanese pizza is not good but Aww. it's serviceable it's serviceable and i will and i will eat it will i put pineapple on it hell no pineapple does not belong in pizza
0: <gasps> oh okay uh you know we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that <laughs> sure this is fine and that's
1: the end of the interview Eh, eh,
0: gotta go oh my god look at the time no just kidding (laughs) i'll look i'll you know i don't agree with your lifestyle but i will accept you
1: (laughs) um i'm gonna have to ask you to leave our twitch team because i noticed that you that you uh use the pineapple and pizza tag and i just feel like that really puts people
0: off (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, oh my god this is so this is so topical honeys oh my god the, as, um, trying to trying to keep it current <laughs> yes the recent tea yes 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 <laughs> can you believe just a side note can you guys believe there's still people in 2019 who will take people out of their twitch team because they identify as lgbt come on do better yeah. please uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Nazo asks, "Who is your favorite mod, excluding me?" Oh, okay, they said excluding themselves, so that does, that does
1: not make that question any better. If, right? <laughs> I actually, I actually said this. I actually said this recently because I think it was maybe like Twitch themselves. It was either Twitch or
0: Streamlabs or like. I
1: think it was oh, Streamlabs. Yes. I don't know.
0: They asked like, was it Streamlabs to, to like shout out like, your mods or something?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was like tag your favorite mod. And I literally yeah. commented directly on the thread, and <laughs> I was like, if anyone actually tags their favorite mod on this stream, you are trash. Ooh. Like you should not. Like you should not have a favorite mod. Right. Like, what? What? Exactly. I love I love all of my mods because guess what? They're not just my mods. They're my friends.
0: Yeah. And you picked all of them. It's like, it's like a parent choosing their favorite child. Like you don't do it.
1: Exactly. So I hope that no, like, I'm just like, I didn't actually check the thread, but I just like, I was putting my faith, I was putting my faith out there, like to the universe. I was like, please no one tag their favorite mod. Right.
0: At least tag them, tag them all, tag them all, please. Right. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, Ooh, Mao, that, this is a really good question. If every job had the same pay and the same hours, what job would you like to have?
1: <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. One more time? Can you say
0: that? <laughs> if all the all right. jobs in the world had the same pay and the same hours, oh. what, would you, uh, what would you choose?
1: Same pay and same hours, but I don't have the skill for these jobs, right? Or um, do I magically have the skill to do any job?
0: Sure, we'll go with that. You you have all the skills.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. So it's like kind of like real life. Oh. Um. <laughs> um. I would probably want to be. I think I would kind of what I'm what I'm studying now actually, which is user user experience and user uh, interface and design. I I really enjoy what I'm studying now, and uh, yeah, that's what I want to be
0: nice 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 nice
1: slash streamer slash streamer but not full time yeah <laughs> why not um i'm like one of those people that's like super old fashioned and like very focused on stability and i oh. i would i would never want to go full time with social media because there's no 401k there's no insurance and if there's anything that we learned from youtube and adpocalypse <laughs> like like these social media websites they're not going to be here forever. Yeah. And what are you gonna do? Like, God forbid something happens, what what are you gonna do? If if Twitch and YouTube and whatever else is your only source of income, what are you gonna do? Right. So and I don't wanna like, you know, when I'm like sixty, seventy years old, I wouldn't I won't have to worry I, I don't wanna have to worry about like having money put away, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm it's just super old-fashioned i'm not saying like i have a lot of friends who do streaming full-time and and if it's what you want to do that's fine i'm just like super anxious and (laughs) annoyed by nature so like i'm crazy like (laughs) i'm crazy
0: stability is great though you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that um yeah Okay, I was I almost panicked because this question got cut off, but I just had to open the window a little bit further, and it shows up. So, uh, Delfron asked, as someone who rebrands himself, but in the content he creates and the atmosphere he provides, as well as your name, uh, you always commit. You always commit and are driven, and it always worked so well for you. What has helped you during those transitions? Ooh, that is a really good question.
1: Um, I feel like this is gonna be one of those like. I inspire myself, kind Ooh. of thing. But like, but like, truly, that I mean, when I made my transitions with, like, you know, my my name change and like content transitions and like rebranding transitions, and I've done it a bunch on YouTube as well. The like, really, the main thing that's pushing me and motivating me is that the reason behind those changes is because I'm just like one of those people. Like, I have like three separate notebooks at my desk at all times, each for different ideas and different categories of ideas. And I just like write stuff all the time. And whether I act on those things at that moment or just save them for later down the road, I just always have these ideas. And like, I don't know if they're going to turn out to be good ideas or bad ideas, but I it, there's just something exciting about like that potential of like, if I do this, something that I feel is right, like what could it become? Like mm-hmm. that that idea alone really motivates me. So it's like the person who I can become is what motivates me in the moment.
0: Oh that's that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Like pictu- like picturing where you want to be is a really good motivation for sure. Um Mao asked, what small gesture from a stranger made a big impact on you? Ooh. Um
1: <clears throat> like this i have to
0: think about right this is one of those where you're like i have this is very specific and uh you have to really like dig deep to think about um about these Uh, i can say like from being a twitch viewer um it always never like it never surprises me how much general like okay I I phrased that wrong. It always surprises me how much generosity there is on Twitch when you see, like, people doing, like, stuff, like, we're filming this during the St. Jude season, per se, for lack of a better word. Um, And to see, like, how much money and how much people are willing to give to charities and to help out their favorite streamers and to help out all of these amazing causes, like, it always surprises me. Um, not in a bad way. I'm always just like, oh my god, like yes, it's it's such a good reminder when those things happen and when people have those huge mm-hmm. donations and they they really want to help out these causes. So th- those are yeah. like some gestures that are always uh, I'm like, this is why I'm on Twitch, <laughs> like because I like people, some people are awesome. Was the question? Was the
1: question limited to Twitch? By
0: the way, no, no, no. It w- it was just like in general. I was just thinking oh, okay, like okay. for Twitch.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that, that is a very good example, though, because I, I always say that. I'm like doing charity and like coming together to raise money for a good cause and like people just being so generous definitely is such a great experience. Um, but I think I thought of something. This is actually, I I don't know if I ever told this to the person who asked the question, but um, so uh, my mom passed away um, back in 2014. and or 2013 rather, sorry, Um, in 2013. And it happened a couple months after I graduated from university. And I had this one professor who I just had a very close relationship with um, because I was in so many of her Japanese history classes, Japanese culture classes, Japanese language classes. I I just had a very close relationship with her. Like we even had like lunch together at times and stuff. And she was just a very wise and very kind woman And after I graduated from university, I I still had some friends who had not graduated and they were still in her classes. And um, I guess one of my friends had mentioned to her that like my mom had passed away. So she went out of her way to write me this very long, heartfelt letter. Mm -hmm. And uh, she she attached a, a poem, a Japanese poem, Um, about loss Uh, it was it was about like the the fleeting the fleetingness of of life and loss and it was a very beautiful poem and she just told me like I'm so sorry to hear about your mom and you know this poem it's always one it's always been one of my favorites and it really it, it describes the feeling of loss so beautifully and I hope that like it helps you find peace and stuff and it was just something that she didn't have to do and Oh, awesome. Um, like I, 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 still have it to this day. I, I brought it to Japan with me and I, i like, I always cherish that. Yeah. Because, like should not have to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. That's such a beautiful gesture on that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. Um, and to end off our Q and a, this is actually a really, really good question to end off, uh, our interview with, um, this is from Nazo. What is the best memory you have from streaming?
1: Oh, there's too many. There's too many good memories. Oh, that's a hard question,
0: right? I guess there's been- if not your favorite, like one that comes to mind, I guess. So you don't have to pick favorites.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say off the top of my mind, just a couple uh, making partnership was a really emotional, memorable thing for me because it was something that the community and i did together i wouldn't have been able to do it without them and like i'll never i'll never ever forget the day that i got partnered for sure um last year for saint jude play live uh the same charity that everyone's doing this month i raised over two thousand dollars and actually a thousand dollars of that two thousand dollars was donated by the creator of five night at freddy's oh my god insane yeah it was insane um And maybe the last is uh, one of my birthdays. I believe it was the second birthday I celebrated on stream. Um, And actually last year for my birthday too. But uh, two years ago, um, especially, my community, my mods and a bunch of community members planned this whole thing behind my back. Uh, They created this huge, huge box of just gifts and it wasn't like big expensive gifts it was like very like just like small thoughtful gifts and one of the things that was the best and i i cried on camera so much um they created this book and they it, the book was filled with letters from each individual community member and artwork drawn of me and and cookie from all of our community members and somehow, uh, my mod, one of my mods, uh, May, uh, Drowsy Pandora, she got everyone to send her these letters and pictures so that she can compile them in this book.
0: That is amazing. And, uh, yeah.
1: and I read the whole thing on stream, and I just cried the whole time. And, like, Beifu was there sitting on my bed as I was streaming, and he just came over to me and, like, rubbed my back as Aww. I was, like, crying and reading it. And I, I think that was, like yeah that was a really good a lot of my memories are just like memories of um, they're kind of like reminders of how strong my community is and how it doesn't matter about how many followers you have or how many viewers you have right it's about the strength the core strength of your community that's what really matters don't focus on numbers and i've been reminded of that again and again because some of these memories are from times where i didn't have a lot of followers but i just had a strong community you know
0: yeah, absolutely. That's a really beautiful note to end on. Thank you everybody for for the questions, and once again, thank you, thank you, Toph, for being on the podcast. Uh, before you go, no where can people find you on all the social medias, on Twitch, all of that stuff? And feel free to promote uh, anything that you may have coming up when it comes to like any events or anything like that.
1: Well, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Toph, which is my name, T-O-P-H, just like TOF from um avatar but not said the same way. Uh my TOF, that's tough. Um, you can find me on you can find me at Twitter at TOF underscore T, Instagram TOF underscore insta, YouTube TOF underscore YT. Um and I'm not really doing anything, but I am raising money. Um I I am raising money for Saint Jude Charity, uh for Saint Jude Play Live this month. Um we are like very close to reaching our five hundred dollar goal. So yeah. That's that's all I can
0: promote. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's just enough. <laughs> Once again, thank you. If you guys want to watch or listen to this podcast, uh, we are on anchor.fm slash Project Ruby for the audio versions. We're also on YouTube and Twitch at Project Ruby. And you can find my social medias on Twitter at Project Ruby. You guessed it. The only one that's different is Instagram, which is the Project Ruby because someone snatched it from me. But um yeah it, it's just instagram so i was like you know what it's it's only one platform we can we can live we can live with that <laughs> uh, so until next time you guys be kind to one another spread love and uh remind everybody around you of how much love you have for them and spread positivity we until next time have a good one bye, bye.
1: bye. It's